here in just a moment. I had someone come up to me after the uh, first service and uh, say, hey, pastor, I didn't realize that we are believers in the Big Bang. And uh, I kind of looked at him sideways for just a moment. He said, well, you know, the scientists believe there's a Big Bang that took place, you know, 13 billion years ago. Uh, but the Bible has this exact opposite because what we were preaching today was that there will be a Big Bang, but it will be at the end when everything goes out with a roar. So uh, if you want to start a good uh, conversation with somebody who's an unbeliever, just say, hey, I, I believe in a Big Bang. And then you turn them to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, and you can uh, have a discussion. So anyway, uh, that's one of your applications for uh, the message. Well, uh, this, this morning we're going to continue in our summer series in the Psalms. And uh, this morning we have one of our, our deacons, um, uh, Peter is one of the guys that he's always behind the scenes doing something. I don't know if he's sneaky. I don't know if it, he's always doing something, though. But, no, we really appreciate uh, the servant attitude of, of, uh, of Peter. And uh, when we had the opportunity given to the men to, to teach, he wanted to take uh, one of these opportunities. So we're grateful for that. And uh, I don't know if, if you don't have what your psalm is. Is that like a, it's a hidden thing or Okay, so I won't tell him what psalm yet. You'll tell him. Okay, so it's a mystery uh, what your psalm is for today, but uh, I think Peter's got some uh, way of introducing this, so I don't want to I don't want to steal that thunder. Uh, so I think there there's no other announcements that we need to make. We'll go ahead and get started. Let me open in a word of prayer, and then we'll invite Peter to come and uh, bring to us this lesson from uh, the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this day. It's the day that you have made. We do rejoice and we are glad in it. We are grateful because truly today is the day of salvation. Today is the time in which we can know salvation, we can receive salvation, we can live in light of salvation. And so I thank you for uh, the very special days in which you've allowed us to live to be those who proclaim the greatness of the gospel of Christ and preach his salvation and and have been the recipients of it. We ask your blessing upon our time now as we come once again to your word. We thank you for this summer series in the Psalms. We thank you for each of the men that have brought uh, the words to us. And Lord, we pray for your servant Peter as he brings uh, these teachings to us now, that uh, you would give him the uh, ability to speak to the things that we need to hear, give us ears that we might listen and to receive and then to delight in your word all the more. So we just ask your blessing upon our time together. So we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And Peter? Thank you. Uh, I'm going to be doing something quite interesting and quite different. Um, if you can advance the, to the next slide, please. A little Bible quiz. Okay. Uh, I know it's hard to see, but uh, I'm going to read those two verses. Uh, they're identical, uh, except for one little thing. Okay? Uh, let me read it to you. Oops. It happened 
that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. Advance to the next one. Now, this is a little trick question here. I asked which one uh, belongs in the Bible. Believe it or not, they're both in the Bible. Advance to the next one. The two things that are quite different are articles. One says a way, the other one says the way. So which one's correct? As I said, both are in the Bible. Was that in the American, New American Standard Bible uh, in 1995, uh, scholars had it as the way. But uh, later on, they changed it to a way. Scholars later on learned that, uh, you know, after taking everything into context, uh, you kind of realize certain things. Why would Paul be annoyed? Was he annoyed that the girl was possessed? Or was uh, he annoyed by what she was saying? One depicts uh, the truth, which is the way. The other one, a way, uh, uh, you know, depicts more than one way. So she was telling a falsehood. So, uh, you know, this is something that, you know, uh, scholars have come to understand and take everything into context and change. So, uh, so why did I uh, do this little Bible quiz? So, there, so that we are not easily duped, conned, or misled. Just how well do we know the Bible? That's why we need to be in the word of God daily, be a part of a church body, be under the leadership of a spirit-filled pastor, elder, and deacon, and commune with the saints so as to flesh these things out. Now, Acts 17, 11. Now, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. We need to be Berean. Now, obviously, this text does not uh, amount to a great heresy that will lead us uh, astray. As a congregation, we can discern what's right and what's wrong in this text. But there are tools now out there, computers, machines, in this day and age that might just do that, lead us astray, dupe us, con us, or mislead us. I'm going to lead you into something that uh, uh, may sound very strange, but hear me out. Indeed, has God said, are the words the devil loves to use to instill doubt. And now I want to introduce you to something, and that tool is artificial intelligence. What? Okay, have patience with me. This is something that has been concerning me greatly for quite a while now. It has affected every part of my life, and I'm certain it has touched your lives too. I feel that it's important to bring this up. I, uh, to have you properly understand it, to have you think about it. I think people are underestimating it, its importance, its potential, its ability, its long-lasting effects. 
and how it's being used on you and me. It's being used in such ways that affects us all. I think it's a tool that the Antichrist is going to use on us all to con us, to fool us, to dupe us. So we must, in Ephesians 6, 11 through 13, put on the full armor of God so that we may be able to stand firmly against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that we are able to resist the evil day, in the evil day, and have done everything to stand firm. Let me give you a quick, well, I'll try to give you a quick understanding of, of artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence refers to the simulation of human intelligence in machines, allowing to perform tasks that typically require human intelligence, such as learning from experience, making decisions, uh, solving problems, and understanding natural language. AI systems are designed to mimic cognitive functions such as perception, reasoning, problem solving, and learning. The goal of AI is to create machines that process information, adapt to new situations, and perform tasks autonomously, thereby, thereby enhancing uh, efficiency, accuracy, and productivity across various domains. AI encompasses a range of techniques and technologies, included machine learning. Uh, this is a subset of AI that involves training algorith algorithms to learn patterns from data through exposure to large data sets. These algorithms can improve their performance over time without being explicitly programmed. Um, deep learning, a specialized form of machine learning that utilizes artificial neural networks to, uh, uh, that is inspired by the brain structure to process and analyze data, complex data. Deep learning has been particularly successful in such tasks as image and speech recognition natural language uh, processing. It focuses on enabling computers to understand, interpret, and generate human language and plays a crucial role in applications like chat box, language translation, and such. Computer visual visualization. Uh, this field involves enabling machines to interpret and understand things uh, visually. Uh, robotics, AI, uh, Driven robotics are designed to interact in the physical world and carry out tasks. Uh, they can range from simple industrial robots to more complex humanoid robots capable of human-like movement and interaction. Autonomous systems uh, are used to develop systems that can operate without human intervention. This includes self-driving cars, drones, and other autonomous vehicles. The evolution of AI has led to remarkable advancements in a variety of industries from healthcare, finance, entertainment, and transportation. AI systems have demonstrated impressive capabilities and technologies. AI holds potential to reshape the way we work, interact, and solve problems, in, uh, complex problems in the future. AI is being utilized across a wide range of industries and sectors. Uh, here are some examples. In healthcare, drug discoveries. It accelerates drug discovery processes by analyzing massive data sets to identify potential drugs. 
uh, finance. Uh, algorithms uh, are designed to make high-speed trading decisions based on market data. Retail, you know, this is something that has touched people. AI-powered recommended uh, engines suggesting products to consumers based on their browsing and purchasing history. Manufacturing, supply chain optimization. AI optimizes supply chains, reducing costs and improving efficiencies. Transportation, self-driving cars. AI provides uh, autonomous vehicles, enabling them to navigate roads and make driving decisions without human intervention. It goes on and on to entertainment. AI suggests movies and TVs and music, articles based on users' preferences and behaviors. Energy, um, there are now smart uh, thermostats in people's homes that can uh, utilize uh, decisions you know, based on what the uh, homeowner wants. Does he want it cooler? Does he want it hotter? And it can uh, predict these kind of out outcomes. Agriculture, uh, precision farming, uh, what's that? With sensors and drones, it can optimize planting, irrigation, and fertilization. These examples represent just a small fraction of many ways AI is being uh, used across industry. Uh, we have details of all these. We have dealings with all these industries in one way or another, and we have our share of interactions with AI knowingly and unknowingly. AI is far-reaching. It also uh, makes an impact in the realm of politics, government, society, and religion. In politics, voter, voters are targeted, identified as potential uh, supporters and targeted specifically uh, to get a certain message out to these people. Uh, what's that? Civil uh, engagement. Uh, Chatbots uh, chat and virtual assistants uh, AI-powered chatbots provide uh, citizens with information about government services, voter registration, and local events, security and surveillance, predictive policing, AI models and analyzes crime data to predict areas where crimes are likely to occur, aiding law enforcement uh, with uh, resources and allocations, video analysis, AI enables video surveillance systems to detect usually activities and patterns in real time. Now, this is the one part that I think is very significant. AI is also having a significant impact in media and journalism, reshaping how news is produced, distributed, consumed. Here's some ways AI is being used in media. Uh, content creation, automated journalism, AI generates news articles and reports based on structured data and templates and speeds up the production of routine news pieces. Uh, content recommendation. Personal content, AI analyzes, uses behavior and recommends articles, videos, and news stories tailored to individual preferences. Language translation, AI powers language translation tools enabling journalists to cover global events and communicate with sources from different languages and backgrounds. Uh, content moder uh, moderation. AI filters and flags inappropriate content, hate speech, and offensive comments, ensuring a safer online environment for readers. Audience insight. AI analyzes audience behavior 
and an uh, engagement to help media organizations understand their readership and tailor content accordingly. Content distribution, uh, AI schedules and post content on social media platform platforms, optimizing uh, timing for maximum reach and engagement. And uh, it goes on and on. AI is, is also impacting religion. Here are some way, uh, ways AI is affecting religion. Spiritual guidance, chatbot, uh, chatbots, uh, spiritual advisors. Some religious organizations and individuals have developed uh, uh, powerful chatbots that offer spiritual guidance and to answer questions relating to faith and beliefs. Virtual places of worship. Yes, it's a thing. Uh, virtual reality and AI technologies have been used to create virtual places of worship where people can come together, meditate, engage in religious practices. Text analysis, religious text interpretation. AI algorithms can analyze religious texts, commentaries, and historical content to provide insight into the interpretation of sacred scripture. Uh, religious content creation. AI tools can assist in generating sermons and religious content based on specific themes and topics. Education and learning. Uh, AI-powered educational platforms uh, offer personalized learning experiences for individuals, uh, for individuals seeking to develop their understanding of religious teachings. Uh, and also cultural preservation. Digi uh, digi digitization of religious artifacts. AI assists in the preservation and digi uh, yes, of ancient religious texts, artifacts, and artwork, ensuring their accessibility for future generations. Now, this series is called Summer in the Psalms. I chose to do Psalm 138. I was told to do a verse, uh, a verse-by-verse -verse study on it, and share it with the congregation. But I decided to have some fun with it. I want you to know how powerful AI is, AI is, what it can do. I had it, AI, write a sermon on Psalm 138. Yes, I'm going there. Religious content creation, sermon generation, based on specific themes and topics. Let me explain. I explained to it what I wanted. I prompted it to outline Psalm 138, incorporate some history of Israel's King David, the author of this psalm, explain the word God in the passage, which could mean false gods, angels, or earthly princes and kings who see themselves as gods. I also prompted to encourage, in an encouraged and pleading manner, to state the importance of reading and knowing God's word, the Bible, and understanding the gospel message that man is sinful and bound for hell and is in need of a savior that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus our savior, God saves, that Jesus sits at the right hand of God. I also prompted to reference and quote Charles Spurgeon and his thoughts on Psalm 138, verses one, three, and seven. But because I'm using a cloud-based AI, ChatGPT, it is not connected to the internet, so it was not able to pull this information 
so this prompt was ignored. I prompted to write a few hundred word sermon on Psalm 139. The reason I'm doing this, I just want to demonstrate its ability. Now remember, from here on out, what I'm about to read to you was produced by artificial intelligence, a machine. So here's the study. Verses 1 through 2. Grateful praise before God's. I give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing praises to you before the gods. I will bow down to you, to your holy temple, and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all your name. In Psalm 138, verses 1 through 2, David's heart brims with gratitude as he commits to offering thanks and singing praises before divine witnesses. This attitude teaches us a valuable lesson about the authenticity of worship. True worship arises from the depths of our heart, where genuine gratitude resides. David's decision to thank the Lord wholeheartedly cha uh, challenges us to evaluate our own experience expression of, of worship. Do we merely go through the motions or do we approach God with a heart overflowing with thanksgiving? David also emphasized the importance of recognizing God's attributes, focusing on his loving kindness and truth. This echoes a profound truth. God's character is the foundation of our praise. When we meditate on his faithfulness and mercy, our praise gains substance. Furthermore, David acknowledged the uh, magnification of God's word, illustrating its central role in his worship. This teaches us God's word should be revered, studied, and reflected upon in our worship, for, its re uh, re for it reveals his nature and truths. In Psalm uh, 138 verses 1 the term gods is used and it's interpreted and its interpretation can indeed encompass various meanings depending on the context this verse states I will give you thanks with all my heart I will sing praises to you before the gods the term gods can be understood with in multiple ways false gods or idols in some instances throughout the Bible, the term gods refers to idols or false deities that were worshipped by other cultures. The use of gods in this context can convey David's intention to praise and give thanks to the Lord in the presence of these false gods, highlighting the supremacy of the one true God over all the other supposed divine uh, entities. Angels. In certain instances, the term God might be a reference to angels. Angels often depict the celestial beings with a higher rank and authority than humans, and they are messengers of God. David could be expressing his desire to offer thanks and praise in the presence of these heavenly beings, acknowledging the role as intermediaries between God and humanity, or earthly princes and kings. In some ancient cultures, rulers and kings were sometimes, sometimes referred to as gods due to their perceived authority and divine-like status. 
These earthly rulers might have seen themselves as gods or were seen as such by their subjects. David, as a king himself, could be proclaiming his intention to give thanks and sing praise to the true God, even in the presence of these earthly rulers who might consider themselves divine. The interpretation of gods in this verse ultimately depends on the broader theological and cultural context of, psalm, of the psalm. While all these interpretations are valid possibilities, the specific meaning might resonate differently based on the reader's perceived and historical context in which the psalm was written. Regardless of the interpretation, the verse underscores David's determination to give thanks and praise to the Lord in a context where other beings or authorities might claim form of divinity. Verse 3, empowering by God's answer. On the day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. In verse 3, Psalm 138 illustrates the, transfor the transformative power of God's response to our cries. David's testimony reveals that God answers, not only addresses our petition, but also strengthens us from within. When God responds to our prayers, he infuses us with boldness and strength. This dynamic interaction emphasizes that our prayers are never in vain. They are conduits of God's grace and empowerment. This verse encourage us to maintain a vibrant prayer life, knowing that God, God's responses aren't solely about changing our circumstances, but also about empowering us to navigate challenges. Our faith is enriched through experiencing God's timely answers and growing dependence on his provisions. Verse four and five, the resounding impact of God's word. All the kings of the earth will give thanks to you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth, and they will sing the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Psalm 138, 4 through 5, David envisions a universal chorus of thanksgiving to God, initiated by the masses, uh, by the message from his mouth. The image of kings giving thanks upon hearing God's word underscores the universal authority, his, uh, his truth, of his truth. This teaches us that God's word transcends boundaries, transforming lives, and inspires collective praise. As a recipient of God's divine word, we have a sacred responsibility to share this life-giving message. Just as David imagined all kings joining in song, we should aim to spread the gospel message to all corners of the earth, acknowledging the glory uh, and ways of the Lord. This passage urges us to seek the profound impact of God's words and to become ambassadors of his truth, inviting others to join in praise, uh, praising his glory. Verses 6. God regards for, his, uh, for the humble. For though the Lord is exalted, yet he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Psalm 138, 6, unveils God's dual posture. He exalts his exalted nature and his intimate regard for the lowly. David's reflection on God's character 
imparts an important lesson. Humility pleases God. While God's majesty is beyond comprehension, his grace, uh, he graciously draws near to the humble in spirit. This verse calls us to shun pride and embrace humanity, uh, humility. For it is in hum uh, humbling ourselves that we come closer to the, to the exalted creator. By understanding God's character, we are compelled to emulate his humility. Our lives characterized by humility mirror the very nature of God and allow us to express his nearness. Verse 7, revival amid trouble. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your hand will, will save me. Psalm 138, 7, speaks of God's redemptive power in the midst of adversity. God declares, uh, David's declaration, bore, uh, born from his personal experience, assures us that even in the darkest valleys, God's hand is ready to save. This truth echoes across time, reminding us that no challenge is insurmountable when God's present presence accompanies us. David's confidence in God's intervention challenges, challenges us to hold fast in our faith during trials. God, God's promise of revival encourages us to seek his deliverance in time of trouble, knowing his outstretched hands brings forth comfort, strength, and salvation. The, uh, encouragement, the crucial gospel message Let's grasp the powerful, uh, the profound importance of God's word, the right hand that saves, that hand and word being Jesus Christ. This, ver uh, this verse reminds us that amid life's uh, tumultuous journey, there is an unchanging message of hope, the gospel. The significance of reading and understanding God's word, the Bible, and grasping the message of the gospel cannot be overstated. It, it uh, illuminates our path and offers hope beyond measure. In the, past, in, the, in the pages of the Bible, we find the revelation that touches the deepest corners of our heart and soul. It is a story of humanity's journey filled with moments of struggle, triumph, and damning rebellion. But most importantly, it's a narrative of redemption. The Bible teaches us that we are flawed, that we wrestle with imperfection and sin. This acknowledgement might seem daunting, but is a starting point of something beautiful. Understand the gospel message is like finding the ultimate key to our existence. It's the realization that we are in need of a savior, a divine remedy for our brokenness. This recognition is not meant to burden us with guilt, but to show us the boundless love and, compassionate, uh, and the compassions of our creator. The gospel message speaks of a savior, Jesus Christ, whose death, burial, and resurrections brings this salvation. Though Je uh, through Jesus, we witness the uh, embodiment of love and sacrifice. His death wasn't the end, but the beginning of a new hope. His resurrection shatters the chains of despair, demonstrating God's power over death itself. This is the heart of the gospel, the transformative truth that God's grace is available to all who believe regardless of our past or present. So repent and believe. So in this moment, when doubt creeps in our lives, 
and uh, creeps in or life challenges seem overwhelming, remember the message of the Bible. It is an invitation to renew a promise of forgiveness and assurance that we're never alone. Dive into the pages with open heart and you'll find guidance, solace, and most profound love story ever told. Let the words of God resonate within you, reminding you of your worth, purpose, and eternal hope that awaits. Embrace the gospel message, the beautiful truth that you are cherished beyond measure, and through Jesus Christ, you are offered a second chance, a new beginning, and an opportunity to experience life in all its fullness. Verse 8, the assurance of God's word. The Lord will accomplish what con uh, concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Psalm 138, 8, reassures us of God's unwavering commitment to us. Just as David trusted that God would accomplish his plan, we too can rest in the assurance that God's loving kindness is everlasting. This verse reminds us that God's work in our lives is ongoing process. He never abandons his creation. Our journeys might be fraught with uncertainty, but God's faithful hand guides us through every twist and turn. His love fuels our perseverance and his work testifies to his faithfulness. As we traverse life challenges, let us rem uh, remember that God, God's enduring love and purpose sustain us, enabling us to face each day with hope. At the conclusion of Psalm 138, we witness David's passionate praise, his bold faith, his unshakable truth, a trust in the Lord. These verses encapsulate the essence of authentic worship, intimate prayer, the universal impact of God's word, the virtue of humility, the promise of revival, the urgency of the gospel, and the assurance of God's ongoing work in our lives. As we reflect on these truths, let us cultivate a heart that overflows with gratitude, embraces the, the empowerment of answered prayers, share the gospel's transformative message, and humbly walk with, the exalt, uh, with our exalted God. In every season, may we find solace in God's unchanging love, eagerly singing praise and trusting in his enduring kindness. So what do you think? Did it come out okay? Again, let me remind you, I did this uh, to just give you an idea what tech, this technology can do. While offering immense potential for a positive impact, it also presents risk, which when used incorrectly, dangerously, or harmfully, in a previously mentioned fields like media, politics, and religion, uh, it can have an impact. Here are some ways in which uh, these impacts are felt. In media, we, uh, we see disinformation. AI can use it to spread false news and disinformation in an unprecedented scale, leading to widespread public confusion and, ma and manipulation. Deep fakes. AI generates deep uh, fake videos and audios that can deceive audiences by uh, presenting fabricated content as genuine, causing reputable harm and damage to trust. Biased. 
reinforcement. It tra uh, if training data contains biases, AI algorithms can unintentionally amplify those biases, leading to content that is skewed. Uh, loss, authenticity. Uh, AI uh, can generate content that can ero erode the authenticity of human-created journalism, art, and storytelling. Uh, it, you know, in politics, you know, uh, it can manipulate public opinion, of course. Uh, it could be a, a privacy invasion. Uh, a powerful AI surveillance systems can infringe on privacy rights uh, and be used for political surveillance. Cyber attacks. Uh, AI can be weaponized for sophisticated cyber attacks. Um, Automated propaganda. AI generates content that could be amplified, uh, that is divisive, extremist, and narrative, and sowing discord within society. Now in religion, spiritual misguidance, relying solely for AI for spiritual guidance can lead to a lack of personal connection and understanding of complex religious matters. Uh, it also presents uh, ethical concerns uh, about implications of delegating spiritual matters to machine. Dogmatic bias, AI interpretation of religious texts might inadvertently prioritize certain interpretations over others, potentially distorting religious teachings. Cultural appropriation, AI-driven uh, uh, simulation of religious practices might seem as disrespectful insensitive and leading to cultural appropriation concerns and a lo uh, loss of human connection. If religious practices become uh, predominantly virtual, the sense of community and shared physical experience could be diminished. The so-called experts address these potential negative impacts that we uh, 